0: Barbecue Chicken Alert! Barbecue Chicken Alert! Yeah, NBA Australia, how are you going? Hang on, it's Thursday! It really is, May 12th, it's gonna be May! I'm your host, James Clements, I'm a writer sometimes for whom someone wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Lariama Studios... Hanging out, giving you the load on all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs. Day in, day out. That's what we do. It's all happening. We uh, had blowout Wednesday yesterday, and then we had uh, a great split today in the playoffs. We also got our uh, actual MVP announcement. Turns out Joker did win it. <laughs> the official announcement came out. Uh, we'll talk about that. We've got two playoff games, uh, two game fives to talk about, and... Uh, We've got an absolute belter in Celtics Bucks. That was insane. And then an absolute belting in Memphis as the Grizzlies ran over the top of the Warriors. We've got the game wraps, including That's Not a Knife, Old oh, Mate, No Mate, the Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball. We've got some year We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our Outback Takeouts. Uh, we've got Kiwi Corner and the previews and picks for tomorrow's game. Oh, geez. Watch out. Elimination games. That's right. Game six is tomorrow, you little ripper. And we'll finally finish off... That's right, the skits are back. I think my throat's kind of up to it. Uh, A diary of Stephen Adams today. That should be good. Right, let's get into it. Episode 814 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, uh, you better. Better watch out for the Kings attack. The Sean Bruce attack. How good's that? Friend of the program. Love that. Uh, enjoyed the Jack Jumpers Kings game last night. Enjoyed hanging out with some folks, drinking some beers, watching some basketball. That was great fun. Uh, Shame the Jack Jumpers couldn't get one on the board in the final series, but, man, what a season for them. That was unreal, wasn't it? Hashtag NBL Australia. And uh, way to go, Kings, without the MVP out there. Took care of business. Did the damn thing. And they did it in very uh, impressive fashion, too. So that second half was something else. Um, But great stuff all around. Really enjoyed that. And way to go, Sydney. Packing the crap out of Kudos Bank Arena. Yeah, way to go. Right, let's start today's show. Uh, with some actual NBA stuff, the way we start every episode of NBA straight with the daily. We're brown. That's right, the Joker. Hello, Nikola Jokic. Finally, actually announced as MVP. Uh, Interestingly, got the voting results as well, which is always pretty interesting. And uh, Joker got the lowest first place vote since Steve Nash uh, 65 to 26 of Embiid and 9 for Giannis. So the three of them really did split. These votes. So the total points was 875 for uh, Joker, 706 for Embiid, and 595 for Yana Sundar Kumpo. That's uh, pretty close. Pretty close, I'll tell you that much. I mean, the 65 first place votes to 26, that tells a story. And it kind of feels right. Like Yana's just dipped a little bit late. Embiid really turned it on down the stretch. Joker was incredible all season. And the weirdest thing about this for me is that people getting up in their feels about it, about what is pretty clearly like, you know, a r- obvious kind of easily argued outcome is just pretty strange. Like Joker, throughout the season, from start to finish, carried a team that had fucking nobody on it <laughs> all the way to a 48 wins, kicked some ass, took some names, did everything for them. Night in, night out. And as I keep saying, he did the most with the least. So... Great job, Joker. Uh, Embiid was incredible as well. He was like, oh, yeah, look, I'm not upset about it. I just don't know what I have to do to win. I don't know. Be even better? Just saying. Uh, Right. Other news. Oh, Booker came fourth. Yeah. Makes sense. That's the... uh, Oh, he was the best player in the best team. Vote. Good on him. Middleton. Oh, watch out. Here we go, Chrissy Middleton. Uh, there's a report today, nothing official, but don't be surprised if Chris Kate Middleton returns this series. He's progressing well, and the Bucks aren't ruling him out for Game 6 or 7 if necessary. And there's uh, sources out there calling it a strong, strong possibility he's back for Game 6. Now, we talked about after Game 4, Middleton was exactly what the Bucks needed. They could have really used him today as well at times, but... When the uh, going got tough, Wes Matthews hit a three, Paddy Connaughton hit a couple of threes, then Giroux and Giannis, a couple of big threes as well for them. And Bobby Portis, they had enough to carry them over around, uh, down the stretch. But I'll tell you what, it'd be pretty handy to have Middleton out there. So he's actually practiced, or at least he's worked out, I think, was the uh, phrasing. He's worked out. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, maybe he's just, you know, a little bit of shooting, a little bit of extra playmaking out there. Game six, you'd like that if you're a Bucks fan, wouldn't you? Surely. Right. Other news, Sean Marks. That's right, the GM in charge of the Brooklyn Knits. Hello. Uh, getting, uh, he's a little bit like uh, standoffish about the Kyrie situation. We need people here that want to be here. They're selfless. that they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Hints, hints. <laughs> and in order to do that, we're going to need availability from everybody. Do you get the fucking hit yet, Kyrie? Love it. Um, and when they're asked about Kyrie, and his he's got like a thirty-six and a half million dollar player option for next season for his contract, and uh, Sean Mark said that they're gonna have uh, the convos face to face over the next few weeks about that. Uh, so he's got to figure out what he's gonna do with player option, and I think we know what we're looking for. We're looking for guys that want to come in here and be part of something bigger than themselves. Play selfless, play team basketball, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for everybody here. I kind of like it. It's Sean Marks not bending over backwards for Kyrie. Probably knowing that Kyrie's, what, market value is probably significantly lower than it would have been going into this last season, this current season. And Sean Marks is like, look, you know... No other team is probably going to roll the dice on Kyrie because he's a fucking head case. But we're stuck with him, so (laughs) let's go. Let's see if we can get him at a discount. How does a two-year $40 million deal sound, Kyrie? Meanwhile, Kyrie's on fucking Twitch being a dipshit. We'll talk about that tomorrow in uh, Dickhead of the Week. But anyway, kind of like that bit of news today about Kyrie and Shaw Marks. And Shaw Marks, you know... Of A little bit of a flag, I thought. Ah, the Lakers! The Lakers stink! They really do, but they are looking apparently at Kenny Atkinson. Ah, uh, what? <laughs> no chance. No chance. Uh, Kenny has also gotten a... Uh, you might remember Kenny Atkinson from being shit-canned by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and I guess by the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, yeah... I don't know how that's going to work in Lakerland, but he is also interviewed for Charlotte, which is a much better fit. Uh, some more sort of uh, fallout from the Bill Plaschke piece that was about uh, Jenny Buss. We talked about this on yesterday's show, about they're not for sale, and I'm a bit upset that I spent a shit ton of money, and we didn't even make the fucking playoffs. It's like, yep, you should be upset. And there's some great ones there. Bill then went on and did some a uh, couple of interviews about his piece, and he's like, I've heard that Phil would like, that's Phil Jackson, because he's uh, very hands-on involved. I do love that the Lakers' brains trust is Phil Jackson, Kurt Rambis, <laughs> and Magic Johnson. <sighs> Three blokes whose track records in front offices are fucking sketchy-ass, at best. Meanwhile, Rob is like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> I'm a former agent. It's like, we get it. You look like Rob Lowe. Uh, but Phil Jackson, uh, Bill Polashki said, I've heard that Phil would like LeBron traded. I've just heard that, but I've got nothing to back it up. Not on the record stuff to back it up. I do know that Phil would like to keep Royce and try to make that work with him. Congrats, Lakers fans. You're going to trade LeBron because he's got no connection with the city, apparently, according to Bill. And uh, he's uh, dubious that they can win another title. Bill doesn't reckon the uh, bubble title counts. Which is a pretty amazing... Like, reading that article, you're like, this guy just doesn't really like LeBron, does he? How much water do you reckon he's carrying for Phil Jackson here? But anyway, um, Phil wanting LeBron out is pretty funny. But there's also sources that have come out and said after this, it's like, yeah, no, there's no fucking chance that they're trading LeBron. So... Maybe Phil doesn't get his way yet. Right, let's do some game wraps from today. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. That's right, the game wraps. Walker, it's a Gonkman for the Goodland today because they beat the Boston Celtics 110 107. Woo! Boy, what a game this was. What a bone snapping, neck cracking, heart breaking loss for the Boston Celtics, kid. They had it. They had the game. Whew. Phew, boy. Al Horford dunks on a massive putback. Two minutes to go. They're up six. They've got all the momentum. They're at home. And they lose. Uh, it's because they didn't score a bucket from the floor after that Horford dunk. But anyway. Uh, but first, to break down this game, they played basically great basketball for the first three quarters and another two minutes. And then they didn't. Like, it was crazy. They were forcing a million turnovers early from the Bucs. I think in the first half, they had as many assists as turnovers in the first half the Bucs. was like nine. They were getting found money buckets from Danny Tice. Uh, Derek White was playing his ass off. They led by seven at the half. Should have been more, but the Bucs kind of just stuck around. Um, And then it was an amazing, fascinating back and forth in that third quarter where I think both teams basically just kept pace with each other. They were like, all right, you're going to score. We're going to score. You're going to score. We're going to score. You can score, we're going to score. I think there was a point where they both hit nine buckets in the uh, third quarter. It was like 9-17 of 17 and 9-15 and 15 for the other one. Um, and then Jalen Brown just gets fucking smoking hot. He scores like 16 points, rips off 16 in the third. And the Celtics were absolutely feeling it. They were moving the ball. They're swarming on defense. It was all going on. And they're still up 14 with 10 minutes to go. What happened, Jimmy? Nothing good, if you're a Celtics fan. Because it got real fucky. And it was really... Like, so after the third quarter, so Brown just was absolutely feeling it, right? Like, Giannis had sort of traded buckets with Tatum a couple of times. Marcus Smart hit a couple of threes. And they essentially ended up keeping pace with them, but they're still, what, down nine or whatever going into the... Into the last quarter. Again, should have been more, but as mentioned, like Boston rip off a couple there. And they're still at fourteen. Ten minutes to go. And then the Bucks started making threes. Like in the next two and a half minutes after that lead got to fourteen, Patty C hits his first th- uh, hits a three. Then Drew hits one. Then there's a Giannis dunk, and then they get another Patty Connaughton three, and it's an eight point game. And you're like, alright. Like in between there, I think there's uh some Tatum free throws but then where's Matthew hits a three they're four on four of triples in the fourth quarter and it's a four point game and Boston's like collective assholes just puckered they're like ah oh, shit what has happened we were winning this we were smashing it and it felt like throughout that stretch of the fourth quarter they'd almost played the Bucks into form like their defense had just been that one little step slow for like most of the fourth quarter and they just left dudes with just enough space, a little bit too much space, whether they were tired, worn out or whatever, and the Bucks took advantage. They then traded like long jumpers, basically each possession was like this, look, that's not going to, oh shit, it went in, kind of vibe. And then after a great Tatum jumper, Smart markers, Smart draws an offensive foul where he flops <laughs> tremendously. And Giannis has got a uh, offensive foul. It's getting scrappy. The Celtics are in the bonus for like the last eight minutes of this quarter, and they take zero advantage of it. Um, so after it gets scrappy there, I think the warning sign was right there for me when after the timeout, uh, Jason Tatum sort of who had been playing fucking amazing. He had played an incredible game, making tough shots, looking good, doing a bit of everything. After the timeout, you're like, I'm not entirely convinced that Ime Udoka drew up, stare at Giannis, dribble a bunch, and then try to shoot a 22-foot, like, long two-pointer in a seven-footer's face. Because he misses it, obviously. And then it's just... It sort of spoke to what was going to happen offensively for the Celtics, and that's exactly what happened essentially down the stretch. Like... I think on the next possession, the Bucks had four chances on the one possession. They don't score. Brown misses a shot. Then comes the Al Horford putback, which is fucking incredible. Like, I don't remember seeing Al Horford do that in his 20s. The dude's 35. What is going on? But I did, like, with that seed of that Tatum, like, dribble, 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 nothing in the back of my brain. The Horford putback. They're up six, and you're like, here we go. But I did have that thought in the back of my head and I messaged my buddy Boston Pat. After that, I'm like, if this were the old Celtics, like that'd be the last bucket they'd score and they'd choke this away. But that's not those Celtics. Then I watched in fucking horror as it was literally the last bucket they scored from the floor. Seriously. They didn't score again from the floor after that uh, Horford putback. It just, the rest of the way, it was free throws and that was just Tatum and they could not manufacture any offense whatsoever. Now, of course, Tatum... uh, So literally, they scored two points after that Horford uh, putback, and it was on Tatum free throws. But, I mean, Giannis gets a three off off an offensive rebound. Tatum goes one-on-one with no ball movement, misses. They dodge a bullet with Portis missing a layup and his own putback. And then, I think there's two things that sort of go maybe a little bit swept under the rug. Giannis hitting that three off the offensive rebound with like less than two minutes to go. And then for all the talk that's going to be about Marcus Smart, there's 50 seconds left to go. He just kind of drives into nowhere, leaves his feet. Giannis just strips him. Smart completely loses the ball. And that turns into Bobby Portis leaking out, kicking it back over to Giroux. Drew Holiday nails the game tying three at 105, I think it was at that point. Um, Yeah, 105-105. Tatum hits free throws after this, after a uh, shooting foul, 30 seconds left. But the turnover leading into the game signing three from Drew. like if you just score on that possession, you've won the game essentially. Anyway, Tatum drives finally after like three possessions of just fucking going absolutely nowhere, dribble, dribble, dribble. Oh, shit. Uh, Then Giannis goes one of two at the free throw line going back the other way, right? Grant Williams picks up two very quick fouls. It was a two-point game. Giannis goes one of two at the stripe. Bobby Portis comes flying out of fucking nowhere after Marcus Smart runs into, I think, Jalen Brown, going for the rebound. The ball squeezes out. Portis puts it up and in. The Bucks take the lead. 108, 107. There's 11 seconds left. And then guess what happens? Not fucking much. <laughs> Drew Holiday blocks the absolute shit out of Marcus Smart's kind of like drive and uh, you know sort of lean back probably trying to throw it in off the glass Giroud just swallows it up gets the ball like keeps control of the ball then throws it off Marcus Smart and it's just one of the smartest players you'll ever see pardon the pun but I mean, it's cometh the moment, cometh the Giroux, right? Like, he steals the ball from Smart again after that. So, Patty C hits a couple of free throws as they uh, foul straight in. The Celtics, though, here you go. You're still down three. There's five seconds left. Uh, They go the length of the floor. Marcus smart. There is a wide-open Jason Tatum because I think Wes Matthews had fallen over. Tatum's wide open. Smart's trying to get it past the uh, halfway mark because he's like, oh, shit, they're probably going to try to foul me uh, because they're up three. And we've got no fucking timeouts left. Drew Holiday strips him. That's the end of the game. The Bucks, out of absolutely nowhere. Steal game five. And it was a shock. But at the same time, like the seeds were there. They really were. But it was absolute chaos that last couple of minutes. The Horford dunk, all the momentum, and then they lose because they scored two points the rest of the way. Not great. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> I mean, the big story of this is very clearly extra chance points, the offensive rebounds that the uh, Bucks just got time and time again. The Celtics' turnovers in the last two minutes, just an incredible turnaround. The Celtics turning into the bad Celtics at literally the worst possible time is crazy. But, I mean, the thing that stuck in my mind as well, this I think the Bucs went 6 of 6 from 3 in the fourth quarter. The Celtics didn't even take a 3, which... I'm usually fine with because teams so often just lean on taking threes. Oh, this will save us. They didn't even bother with that. But it also, more so for me, speaks to the sheer fucking complete and utter lack of ball movement. And the Bucks' defense it didn't let them basically have anyone open for a three. Like Marcus Smart looked off one or two at a point, but they didn't even take a single three. Not even an attempt. Not one in the fourth quarter. For the Celtics. Meanwhile, the Bucks go 6-6. Six six. So just saying. Uh, not great. <laughs> not great if you're a Celtics fan. Oh, God. Anyway, um, the lack of ball movement really fucking killed the Celtics. Just those possessions that died because Tatum... This, it was like the prevent defense, but if it was prevent offense, it's like we're going to use all the time we can. And, uh, well, we're going to then chuck a horrible shot up. It's like, that's fucking so dumb. What you should be doing is what Milwaukee were doing, which was pushing the pace, scrambling the Boston defense, and just moving the ball as much as possible to create just gaps, create seams. That's where Bobby Porter's comes flying in. That's how you get a Yarns three, and of course Boston are happy to live with a Yarns three. But then the Giroux three came out of a uh, you know fast break off a horrible turnover by the Celtics, whereas. Their offense, the Celtics offence, was just Tatum doing his best Dylan Brooks slash Kobe impersonation, which was horrible. They also got our rebound of 49 to 36 the Celtics, which is brutal. But look, Tatum had 34, played his best game in the series until that last three minutes. He had six rebounds for us. She shot twelve of twenty-nine and uh, four of eight in the last quarter. But absolutely nobody else really stepped up, apart from Peyton Pritchard with his two shots in the fourth, which I kind of loved. Uh And he was so keen on shooting threes. He goes 2 of 11 from downtown, though, in this game. I think he had 10 in the first half, which is crazy. And then as soon as he went away from, like, shooting threes, he looked really good, but it was when he was attacking the actual bucket rather than settling for those horrible long twos. Like, he hit one, and you're like, all right, cool. And then he just kept fucking going to it and going into it and going to it. It was pretty strange and a bit of a head-scratcher. It's one of those things where you go, Tatum, like, we get that you hung out with Kobe once, also, maybe uh look at what KD does. Look at what Giannis is doing. Just go at the rack. And when he did, he got fouled. Amazing. Anyway, twenty-six, eight and six for Jalen. Amazing game. Three seven on triples. Really blew the doors open in that third quarter. Smart, had 15 points. He had one assist and three turnovers. Brutal. But he did go three or five on triples. Six of them from the floor, but they just needed something else because average Al Horford, eight, eight, and six for him, three steals and a block. This was pretty weird because Horford was in, incredible on defense, but 0 of 2 from 3 after the last couple of games, it's actually like a letdown. <laughs> You're like, Al, you got to hit one at home. Uh, Danny Tice hit a 3. That was pretty funny. He had 11 points, 5 of 5 from the floor. Derek White, 1 of 2 from downtown. He had 9 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. MIA late on offense, but his defense is just so fucking stellar. And, like, that's a thing. When you can sort of uh, play White and Smart together and, you know, you're basically kind of playing a bit small with Horford and Tatum and Brown and White and uh, Smart, but God damn, he's good on D. But it's almost like Tatum and Brown just sort of don't trust White. They're still kind of half only trust Smart and Al, but anyway. Pritchard, two or three from the floor for him, all in the fourth quarter of the two shots. Great little turnaround that he had. But yeah, just not quite enough. No threes in the fourth. Ah, uh, Bucks. Giannis had 40, 11, and 3. It was incredible. 16, and 27 from the floor. Two of five on dribbles. Seven turnovers, but you get that on the big jobs. Giroud, 24, 8, and 8. Oh my God, though. One steal. What a time for it to happen. He had one steal for the whole game. When did it happen? I don't know. To seal the game. <laughs> he had two blocks as well. Uh, two Only two turnovers. Just a great game by Drew Holiday. Bobby Porter's fighting Bobby Porter's fighting round the world. 14 and 15. He shot four of fourteen, did Bobby? Oh of two from three, but he went six of six at the free throw line. That's chaos. Where's Matthew goes where's Matthews goes three of six from downtown? Nine points. Played his ass off. Paddy Connerton, thirteen points. Oh, did you know he's from Massachusetts? Yes. Because you never mentioned it on the broadcast. Jesus Christ. Thirteen points for him. Uh, the two threes that he hit. In the first half of the fourth quarter, which is massive. Uh, Grayson Allen, 8 points, 5 assists. He played tough as. A couple of nice little drives there. Blopez was a bit ineffectual. Rolled with Portis, obviously, late. They changed it up the Bucs. Portis out there, down the stretch, kind of like the looks. He's just that little bit more mobile. Uh, 20 uh, 20 minutes for Blopez. 2 points, 3 rebounds and assists. George Hill got axed from the lineup as well. Uh, 0 points, minus 15 in 13 minutes. (laughs) Georgie. Anyway, Milwaukee now up 3-2. With a closeout game going home, where they were twenty seven and fourteen this season. Absolutely crushing it. And uh here we go. We've got a closeout. Milwaukee at home. Can they do it? Do they get Middleton back? Who knows? It's gonna be amazing. What was not amazing if you're a Warriors fan was how much they got shit papped by the Grizzlies. 134.95, and that's flattering. <laughs> it was over 50. Like, what is going on? It was absolute chaos, this game. And in terms of uh, teams coming out and being ready or teams being hungry, teams coming out and just wanting uh, wanting it more, they led by 55 points, the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they wanted it more. Great first quarter for them. The craziest part was, I think, for Memphis, they just kept pulling together runs. It was like... They're up 10 after the first quarter. They were hitting everything, playing really good D. Dylan Brooks like tweaked a hammy, and you're like, oh, this is great. It's all looking up for the Grizzlies. <laughs> but it was just run after the run. Like They ripped off a 9-0 run, an 8-0 run, and then a 9-0 run. You turn around, and they're up 20 in the second quarter. Like, What the shit just happened? And it just kept going. They just kept nailing threes, and they never, ever looked back. And it was awesome. Like in that first half... Like I think they already had five Grizzlies in double figures at the half, and they barely had to play them again. Like the starters all sort of clocked around like 25, 22, 24 minutes. Like that is amazing for the Grizzlies. You're like, all right, well we've kept our dudes fresh. We'll see how we go. Like in the second quarter, you're like the Grizzlies only hit one three, but they scored thirty nine points. They went one to six from downtown. The Grizzlies in that second quarter dropped thirty nine on their head. Because Dylan Brooks was driving, Steven Adams was causing absolute havoc. Desmond Bean was knocking in shots. Tyus Jones cutting, Brandon Clark in there, and they just put one on their head. The Warriors. The big problem was they gave up 25 points off their 14 turnovers in the first half. And it was like, despite Clay shooting the shit out of it, this game was over. It was 7750 in the first half. After the first half. Absolutely incredible. Seriously. Like, I think the Warriors had 15, uh, 17 total rebounds in the first half. The Grizzlies had 13 offensive rebounds. Like, that's how you get up 27. And then it got worse. Like they just ran over them in the third quarter. Uh the Warriors couldn't buy a bucket, like Steph, Clay, they're out there for the first half of the quarter, and then they just sat them because nothing was going down. And it's like, all right, we're gonna go with Belly Belica. let's go oh god it's like your time to shine come bucket Uh, 17 points on 19 shots in the third uh, third quarter for the Warriors it was over because the Grizzlies then having hit fuck all threes in the second quarter that's when they decided to hit everything Desmond Bain hit a couple Tyus Jones Zaya Williams it was just on Jaron Jackson Jr knocking in threes they were riding hard and the fucking crowd was lit and that was the game that was it got up 47 at one point. You turn around, they get up 55. Like, this is incredible. A quarter and a half of garbage time in a game that's a closeout game for the Warriors. The obvious answer is, oh, well, they were just like, fuck it. We're up 3-1. Who cares? We'll go home and win game six in front of our fans, and she'll be right. If there's any team that knows better than not to rest on your fucking laurels when you're up 3-1, it's the Golden State Warriors. What are you doing? Unbelievable. Anyway, Steph ends up with 14, 4 assists, shot 4-10. Clay ends up with 19, 13 for Cumbucket, Jonathan Kaminga. Draymond with the 5.7 rebound, 5 assists, 5 turnover game. Paul goes 1 of 6. The Warriors have just got to burn this tape. Just going, nah. This game never happened. Flip side, the Grizz, they were so much fun. So much fun. And I love, I think I tweeted this out. So they go 18 to 41 from downtown. That's um, over 43%. You love to see that. Drop 134 on the Warriors. But Triple J, 21. 21 for Desmond Bain. 21 for Tyus Jones. Uh, both Bain and Jones went and JJ all hit four threes. Unbelievable. Brandon Clark with 11 and 7. Anthony Melton with 10. Zio Williams with 11. Look, the coolest part was for the Grizzlies, even if they do lose in six, they haven't had Jar. But they did kick the fuck out of the Warriors. And if they lose in game six, like at least they got this one game at home where they obliterated them. Everybody was dancing. Everybody was partying. It was a scene. It was awesome. So the Warriors are still up 3-2, going home to close it out, give themselves another crack. If you're the Grizzlies, you're like, hey, Jar, how's that bone bruise? Because <laughs> we pulled one back, bro. And he's like, oh, yeah, my knee's a bit sore, man. It's a bit sore, eh? I don't know if I can walk, bro. It's like, fucking get out there. What do you reckon? But either way, what a game by the Grizzlies. You love to see it. It was so much fucking fun. Um, like, basically, this game devolved into Iron Eagle making jokes, like, literally, with, like, five minutes to go on in the third quarter. Like, it was over. Right, NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> Knife. That's a knife. Yeah, and it's under the good ball. So I kind of hit on this. There's a couple of key moments in that fourth quarter, but the three that he hit when they were down six after the Horford uh, putback. Look, it probably won't get that much shine as like what Giroux then did after the like for the rest of the game, but it was such a big shot and in such a big moment. And they had brought up the fact that I think Giannis was 2 of 19 from downtown in this series. And he goes out and knocks in two threes today. But to finish up with uh, just like the insane stat line that he did, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Sure, he had 7 turnovers, but he shot 16 at 27. It was just unbelievable. It was just sort of time after time. Um, And I think this was a big thing with the Celtics. And I sort of hit on this, right, when I'm talking about the going back and forth. And the Celtics' defense, the Bucs' defense, it's almost like they both sort of got a little bit gassed and also the other teams are sort of figuring out the D's a little bit better. But it was like the Celtics would sort of uh, get an easy bucket. You're like, oh, geez, that's good for the Celtics. And then you turn around and Giannis is just cutting to the hoop and like laying it in. You're like, oh, that's not good for the Celtics at all. (laughs) Good job, Giannis. But he literally sort of just went, right, we're not going to lose this. Hits the three. And then you do have to give the approved performance of the night, though, to the bloke who won them the game, right? Jeru Holiday. Jeru Holiday. 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, and a couple of blocks, but saved the game. He shot 9 of 24, 4 of 7 from 3. But that last two minutes is, like, such a fucking domination. Like, the, the likes of which you barely ever see. Like, the block... Keeping the ball, throwing it off smart, getting the timeout, like, then getting the steal to save the game? Where's this got to go? This is going straight to the pool room. The Giroux holiday steal block game. Like, what an insane performance. He was so good. It was, like, 100% the Michael Jordan meme, and then I took that personally. He looked at Marcus Smart and went, this guy fucking sucks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm the defensive player of the year. Watch this. I'm going to block the shit out of his horribly weak shot and I'm going to steal the ball from him while he flops on their last gasp possession to maybe get a three to tie it up. Drew Holiday. That's a fucking knife. Spot of the night. Spot, 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 spud, spot, spot, It is spot of the night. Spot of the night. George Hill getting axed from the uh, closing lineups because he's been really bad. Zero points and minus 15 in 13 minutes. That is... Yeah, he's not good. <laughs> like, at all. Yeesh. Uh But today's spud of the night, I think I have to give this, unfortunately, to... Look, we can just say the Warriors because they got absolutely fucking belted. Uh, yeah, Draymond, Steph, Clay. Like, the thing is, it's not like they all shot badly. It's just that the defense just wasn't there and the Grizzlies... Fucking pollax them. Uh, my spot of the night's going to be Grant Williams. I don't know if I've seen a worse 31 minutes from a dude who got so blown up across the first and second series of this uh, these playoffs. Then gets to game five of the second round, goes for 31 minutes, he had zero points, goes 0 of 3 from the floor, 0 of 2 on triples, two rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, and four fouls. He was a minus 11 in a game they lost by three. And I'm on a couple of text threads uh, with, you know, mates back in the States, mates here just going, what the? He is horrible today. It's like he's lost all confidence in his shot. And then the weirdest part was he's lost all confidence on his defense because the point that I made earlier about how it felt like the Bucks just had that one little extra step and that little bit of extra space. And it felt like a lot of the times because Grant Williams – was getting lost, backpedaling a little bit too far, giving, you know, Giannis or Drew just that little bit more space with which uh, to find, you know, where their pass was going that little bit easier. The fouls were brutal, and he's got like a hurt look on his face where he's like, what do you mean that was a foul? He was unplayable. Like, he looked like last year's version of Grant Williams, and that's not good. Because last year's version of Grant Williams was not good. Like, in the fourth quarter, Grant Williams, I mean, he was out there for six minutes. He was minus 10. He had one turnover and two fouls. That is fucking horrible. Grant Williams, you're the spud of the night. Looking like a spud too. Jeez. Who's old mate, no mates, though? Old mate, no mates. Old mate no mates. Old mate, no mates. Mate, no mate. Old mate no mates. Old mate, no mates. mate, no mates. Mate, no mate. Who's got no mates today? Well it's oh it's Marcus Smart, isn't it? Uh that's a tough one. The it's actually so it's Marcus Smart and it's Steph Curry. Uh Steph was asked, Hey, what's your uh, what's your plan going into this uh game to close out the Grizzlies? And he's like, Whoop that trick. Everyone's like, Ah ha, ha. Well guess whose trick got whooped, Steph? <laughs> but Mark is smart. Like, it was insane to watch this uh, unfold on the internet. Uh, but every Celtics fan sort of just going, "But oh, fuck him, he ruined it, he cost us the game. And I'm going to talk about this again in a second. I don't know if uh, smart cost you the game. I think it was just the absolute just fucking dead shittery of that offense that cost them the game. Uh, pantsing of the night. I mean, I don't want to pile on Marcus Smart, but Smart got absolutely pants by Drew Holiday in that last minute, right? Like, (laughs) holy shit. First the block, then the throwing it off him, then the steal as smart as flopping. Like, that was just amazing. Like, it was one of those performances where you go, right, Marcus, just give Drew your your defensive player of the year statue. Go on, give it to him. I know you don't want to share, but go on, you have to. Them's the rules. You just got completely eaten up by Drew Holiday, and 100% fucking pants. Like, that is like the fucking, in terms of like the kid in the playground getting pants at school, it's like the tough bully getting dacked by the other bully who's maybe a little bit less tough, doesn't have quite the reputation, but is sneakily actually tough and does like MMA and no one knows about it. (laughs) Runs up and dacks the big bully and says, what are you going to fucking do about it, dork? (laughs) runs off. (laughs) <laughs> Love it. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think gonna get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, Tyus Jones. I think that was uh, my favorite takeaway. So what, he's 24th pick back in 2015, Tyus Jones. Uh, that's sort of obviously bounced around, bounced around and all that sort of gear, but was in Minnesota for ages, and then ends up in Memphis, and was the absolute perfect fill-in for Jar across these last couple of games. But today, like as soon as he sort of gets going, you're like, oh shit, watch out! Tyus Jones is filling it. Twenty-one points, nine assists, three rebounds, two steals, and a block. Shot eight of twelve, and four of seven from downtown. Lonzo would never. Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, absolutely love it. What a performance! To be fair, most of the Grizzlies' young dudes could have also copped this. I also still could have given Spud of the Night to Dylan Brooks, who, in a game where they kicked the absolute fuck out of the Warriors, still managed to shoot 5 of 13. <laughs> You're basically out there playing practice at that point, Dylan. How could you be so bad to have 12 points on 13 shots? Jesus. Anyway, Tyus Jones, you legend, 21 9. Better than Lonzo Ball. Right, let's do some quick ERs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Miss McCarran. This is Jason Kedeet. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Illy. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wurtho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You listen to NBA And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some year-nahs where we take a bunch of NBA storylines and decide whether with more yeah or more nah. It's brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Go get your merch. F- get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, go do it. Uh, go to nbaaustradia.com slash shop or just click on the links on the socials. Get a t-shirt. Off you go. Get it out to you post-haste. Tell you what, I'm wearing one of the t-shirts now. They are deceptively, amazingly comfy. To the point where you're like, I don't even care. It's got like an NBA Australia logo on. This is probably the best T-shirt I own. <laughs> I'm going wear this when I get married again. Uh Right. Let's do some yeah, nahs. Number one, Kenny Atkinson for the Lakers, Jimmy. Yeah, nah, nah. No, Kenny. Don't do that. No fucking way. You're literally setting yourself up to be fucking after being KD and Kyrie's scapegoat. The last thing Kenny Atkinson needs is to be fucking like... LeBron and AD's scapegoat, the Sook Wolves. You're going to feed him to the Sook Wolves of LeBron and AD. Like, KD and Kyrie were like, fuck this guy. I don't know who he is. We're famous. He's not. Fuck off. You reckon Kenny Atkinson's going to walk into the Lakers and like convince LeBron and AD to listen to him? No chance. Um, And especially after the shit show he weathered in Brooklyn. Kenny, you don't need that in your life, mate. You reckon you want to deal with the L.A. drama and all the bullshit? Fuck no. Kurt Rambis breathing down your neck with his horrible onion breath. Phil Jackson calling in from Montana just to check how things are going. Magic Johnson going on first aid going, ha, 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 I didn't even hire this guy. <laughs> <laughs> calling him out every chance get No fucking way. Go be Charlotte's coach. Like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, Sacramento 100% should have hired Kenny Atkinson. Charlotte should do the smart thing and hire Kenny. He's an absolute fucking grinder. He'll make their teams better. Like the fact that Sacramento were like, oh, we need like an old hand. It's like, what are you talking about? Mike Brown. He just He's gotten the shit out coached of him like by Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies the last two games. What are you doing? Anyway, uh yeah, Kenny, don't do it. And I just don't think that's a good fit at all, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, can the Grizz actually come back from 3-1? Oh, yeah, nah. Nah. Don't think so. But they 100%, should they, get every single member of the 2016 Cavs who came back from 3-1 down to sit courtside for game six and seven. Yeah, nah. Fuck yeah. Look, Dally's not doing anything at the moment. Fly him over. Kyrie's bored. LeBron's at home doing sweet fuck all. Like, Seriously they got nothing better to do. I'm sure they'd appreciate that, rubbing their Warriors' faces in it. Like, let's go. Like, Richard Jefferson hanging out, just doing media. Like, where's Channing fry He's just, like, recording another fucking podcast. Like, <laughs> let's go. Get the 20... 20- J.R. Smith is at school. Like, Joe Harris is recuperating. Like, they've literally got Kevin Love, obviously, just... Go fly in Timofey Mozgov. Hopefully he's not, you know, doing nothing weird and Russian. Iman Shumpert still reckons he's, like, the best player who ever played basketball, but get him out of there. Get him in there. Get him courtside just to get in the Warriors' heads. That'd be amazing. Let's see it happen. But I don't think the Grizzlies, look, I think it's just a bit tough to ask the Grizzlies to win three on the trot now against this Warriors team, right? Like, even without Gary Payton the second, the mitten, and the way the Grizzlies blew game four, like, this is the toughest part of blowing game four. Like they came out, they caught the Warriors unaware. The Warriors sort of smelling their own farts there for a second. We're up 3-1, we're gonna kill them, and then they get fucking smoked. Yeah, you're gonna get a very much more locked-in Warriors team, obviously, for Game Six. So Yeah, that's why game four hurts so much. Dylan Brooks probably sank their season. Uh and last one, did the Celtics just blow their chance at a title? Oh, uh, yeah, no. Nah. Nah, but maybe. Um, I don't think they blew their chance at a title, but look, now they've still got to win two on the trot with Milwaukee now going to close game at home. Yes. Uh, it's not impossible. I'll say that. Like, we've just seen the Celtics uh, win in Milwaukee. But to do that again and then win a Game 7 at home, I mean, if you go in home, you, that's why home court's important. You could run over the top of them in Game 7, but you've got to win Game 6. Look, I don't think it's impossible. It's going to be fucking tough, though. Like, pumped up Giannis with a closeout game at home? Watch the fuck out. Anyway. Right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, <clears throat> I don't blame Marcus Smart for that loss, right? Like, I sort of hit on this in the Old Mate no mates bit, but the turnover that really, you know, killed him, he just had zero plan. But really, it's more about the offense just compl- like going to a complete fucking like grinding halt in those last three minutes of the game. Like, Horford's dunk saved their ass on that possession. Like, that was a long Jalen Brown jumper, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so I'd blame the lack of rebounding more. yes. Smart getting blocked. Yes, smart having the ball stolen. Yes, smart turning the ball over. Bit shit. But really, there's like three different times that the Celtics probably could have just sealed that win and they didn't. Oof, tough one. Right, what about our back takeouts though? It's Thursday at back, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, two for what? Blooming onions. That's right, no one in Australia knows what the fuck these things are, but whatever, shut up and eat it, you fat bastards, because it's all about the fried onion. That's right, deep fried onion. Made to look like a flower, only at Outback. It's Australian somehow, apparently. And today's Flame grill take is... Adam Silver waited till Joel Embiid sucked enough in Game 5 of the Heat Sixers series to announce MVP. So that everybody would shrug and say, "You know what? Fair enough." Only <laughs> at our back. I do love that Embiid has a shit game, and then like the next day say, "Oh yeah, joke is the MVP." <laughs> what the fuck, Adam Silver, mate? I love it. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch. Oh, actually, it's just Kiwi Corner. Right after this. This is Nick Kay, and you will listen to NBA Australia. All right. No Australian player watch today because none of the Aussies are actually involved. Uh, tell you that much. But Big Steven Adams definitely was, wasn't he? What a couple of games he's had. Unbelievable. I love Kiwi Corner every Thursday uh, just because you get to check on the big uh, fellow anti So you will remember that Big Steven Adams brew, was out with the COVID, uh, comes back, and they have the uh, big belting in Golden State for game three where they lose 142 to a 112. They actually rolled Steven Adams out there for a little bit. And uh, he had three points, two rebounds, two assists. He goes one and two at the line, one and <clears throat> two from the floor. And you're like, all right, cool. Then Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies' uh, brains trust went, wait a second. Maybe having a giant fucking Kiwi in the middle for like most of the game will maybe help us with, I don't know, rebounding, defense, space. And uh, they took old Jimmy's advice and went, right, throw Steven Adams back in there. That'll help. And it did. Because they basically won that Golden State game in game four. (laughs) But Dylan Brooks completely submarined the game. Stephen Adams, in that game, had 10 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, a block, and a steal. Played his arse off. Shot 5 or 9 from the floor. And then today, in the massive belt down, only has to play 22 minutes, as big, Steve. 7 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 assists. Uh, he shot 2 of 7 from the floor. But goddamn, what a great game that was by the Grizz. And it's amazing to see uh, our man, Stephen Adams, back out there, absolutely crushing it. The best fun ever. Right. With all this in mind, let's do a uh, Paddy Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in. Let's do it. Right, all right, let's do it. The Paddy Mills Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in. Uh, enjoyed this because, obviously, all the Sydney Kings uh, stuff is amazing. And Prawn Bruce, that's right, Sean, friend of the program, horse and boy, love him forever. Absolute legend. Uh, I just love that even Creaky is, like, jumping in there. Say less, Sean Bruce, well-deserved legend. And uh, just, he was front and, mid, front and center for a bunch of the photos for it, out there with the champagne, getting stuck in, throwing great alley oops. And uh, yeah, Sean Bruce, you absolute legend. I'm so stoked for him. And uh, good job, Sydney, obviously. And Xavier Cooks, the son, Ballarat born legend. Xavier Cooks, son of uh, one of my all time favorite Ballarat miners, Eric Cooks. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see him win finals MVP. That dude played his ass off. Somebody get him in the NBA. ASA. MP. Um, right, let's do some previews and picks for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverted Bane. Not a problem, Timmy. How's it all going? Yeah, good. Just happy I can go out and drink some beers. It was fun last night. Uh, today, though, we went 0 of 2 on the picks again. Jesus, that's back-to-back days going 0 of 2. So it leaves 31 of 65. Oof. So far, these playoffs. So let's hope we can uh, go 2-2 tomorrow. So we've got some pretty uh, fascinating Game 6s here, don't we, for Friday? We've got Miami at Philly. Uh, Miami obviously up 3-2, looking at the closeout, having really just dismantled Philly in Game 5. And I think blood in the water. Miami feeling good. They're 2.5-point underdogs as well going into Philly. Jimmy Butler could... Make or break this game, right? Like, Jimmy Butler, you know that he loves a big moment. You know that he loves just kicking it, uh, kicking, <laughs> kicking the crap out of Philly just to go, Oi, this is what you could have had, you idiots. But you chose Tobias Harris. <laughs> the thing is, as I talked about the other day, the big thing about Embiid is he's carrying so many injuries. He's got a busted-ass head. he flowed down to Miami. James Harden spending any time in Miami is a fucking red, red light want no bar of that with all the strippers and clubs you got. Miami going up to Philly, though, with a job to do to close it out on the Sixers' home floor. It feels very Miami to go out there and just go, right, that's cool, Philly. That's neat. Also, fuck you. Here's a loss. Sears. I'm going Miami plus two and a half. I think Embiid has a better game. I think Harden and Maxi probably have better games. I think Miami just eke it out. And Miami go through. So give me the heat plus two and a half. If Embiid was at full health, full strength, I would have much preferred that. And I would have uh, liked Philly. But from what we saw last game, I mean, games three and four in Philly, the way that Embiid was used was much better than he was used in game five. Obviously, game five, he couldn't get anything going. They're at home. I expect this game to be much closer than, you know, 30. Uh, But I think Philly just fall a little bit short. Unless they get another big Harden performance, maybe another massive maxi performance, but Miami. I think with Kyle Lowry hopefully being out again, I mean, it sounds bad to say hopefully, but I talked about this about Game 5. Like, without Lowry, they're a better team at the moment because he's just so hobbled. So give me the heat, plus 2.5. And And then the other closeout game, Phoenix-Dallas. So Dallas are 2.5-point underdogs at home against the Suns. The Suns, with CP3, after a couple of rough games, they came out, kicked the crap out of Dallas in game five, obviously. And it was all the other dudes doing all the damage, right? It was Booker kicking some ass, and then it was eight, and it was Bridges. They changed up the rotation, sack campaign, played more ShamWow. And Dallas are just like, ah, oh, shit, we're all laying an egg. Bullock and Dinwiddie didn't hit a shot between them. They go back to Dallas. I think Dallas can win this. I'm going to go two underdogs again. Oh, God. Dallas at home, though. Plus two and a half. I'm going to go Dallas plus two and a half. I think if they lose, it's a heartbreaker, really close one like today's uh, Bucks boston game. But I think Luka could have a massive, massive, massive one. So give me Dallas plus two and a half. And I think just their role players are going to shoot better at home. So give me some Bullock. Give me some Finney-Smith. And give me Dallas plus two and a half. I want to see a game seven in that one. That'd be fun as shit, wouldn't it? Whereas Miami-Philly, I'm just like, I'm done with this series. Come on. Like, if Embiid was healthy, if Embiid was fully healthy, we're laughing, but he's not, and it's a bit sad. So there you go. Dallas plus two and a half and Miami plus two and a half for tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap it all up for you. That's what we do. It's going to be a nice fucking Friday show tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Twitter, and Twitter. Face the IGs. Get all over the socials, yeah. Eminent Australia. Myself and Gaz. I think the plan is to do that show next week, the big NFL off-season wrap. Should be good. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Go check that out on YouTube, FWCIE on Twitter. NBAStray.com uh, slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Bang in the code STRAYER when you download the Noble app and get 20% off Noble. Noble rules. Uh, big thanks to From Oslo for the intro and outro song and to Joshua De La gold Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshack Alami, Iowa, Sex, I, Green, Green, Green and Dozers for all the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, remember, NBA Australia, sports train band, so should you! All right, that's it. We'll close out today's show with a brand-new diary of Stephen Adams and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. There's NBA Australia saying, LOOK AFTER YOURSELVES, WOULD YOU? And, congrats, kings. Later, Hosen. Yo, Bruce, how's it going, eh? It's your old pal Stephen Adams, Brew Just ring a bar from my latest diary, and she, brew. Oh, so here goes, eh? Oh, dear diary, brew. That's me, eh? Stephen Adams. Oh, but you knew that already, bro, because you're my diary, eh? I know all my deep, dark secrets, man. Like how when I hit COVID, brew, I saw through space and time, brew, and I saw us, Memphis, winning the title, brew. But shh, don't tell anybody, bro. It'll spoil it, eh? So that's sweet as... Anyway, Brew, so, yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks for me, hey? Uh, so, Coach benched me for the first round of the series, Brew, and then I got back there in the uh, lineup, Brew, even though COVID knocked me out, Brew. Oh, Brew, it knocked me flat, eh? I was flat as a tech, Brew. I'm feeling much better now, though. I swear, Brew, I was coughing up a lung, sneezing everywhere, gone through, like, three packs of tissues, Brew, a day. I was sleeping, lewds, and I couldn't even get out of bed, Brew, to get my... Uh, Cook my gut butter soon, brew hungry for myself, man. Like, but it was okay, Brew, in the end, because I just sort of sat outside in my dick chair, Brew. I uh, got a bit of vitamin C and D, Brew. A bunch of aspirin, A bunch of Flit Sarsaparilla, because that's my mum's trick back home in NZ, Brew. Flit Sarsaparilla, Brew. Tastes like medicine, eh? But I was right as rain after a few days, Brew. And in the meantime, that little fella, Jordan Poole, oh, he heard my best friend, Jar, Brew. I was like, oh, Jar, do you want me to go knock his block off, eh? And Jar's like, nah, man, I don't know what happened, but I have my knees a bit sore, eh? So anyway, then coach put me back in the starting lineup anyway, Bruce. So it was a bit like fishing, eh? Casting in and out, and that's what it was like. But it's okay, bro. I get that it's a business. At least that's what everybody else always says about basketball, bro. It's a business. I feel like it's a bit weird because it's actually just a game, bro. But either way, bro, I'm back in the starting lineup, and that's sweet as, and coach knows what he's doing, eh? So yeah, bro, now I'm feeling good again, starting, playing really well. And then some reporter, Brew, just asked the other day, he's like, hey, Stephen Brew, you're fit. And I'm like, fucker, what did you just say, Brew? What the hell? I'm just pretty big. Jesus. What are you doing, you wanker? You better watch yourself. Hey, you want to see fat? You should see my cousin, Rongo, Brew. His diet is like 100% Cheetos, Brew. He made a Cheeto hungy run-time, Brew. It was delicious, but still. He's a fit bugger, that Brew. Oh, Rongo. I hope jail's treating him okay. But anyway, Brew... So I'm still dealing with the after effects of the COVID brew, bit of a cough, but it's okay, brew. I better go check on my recovery, hungy brew, and see. Oh, I've also started cooking my Let's Get Game Six brews, hungy, which I've got brewing at the back as well, eh? For the boys, brew, we'll take with that with us to our Golden State brew, and we'll eat it on the plane, and everyone will think it's delicious. So hopefully we'll win that. So till next week, brews. Cheer, cheer. Love, Stephen Adams. E. Eh.